You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is The Big Show here on Sportsnet 960. Logan Gordon and Patrick Dumas along with you. Filling in for George and Maddie this week and part of next week. Happy Holidays. Hope you've gotten some time to enjoy with your family. If you're back at work already, I feel sorry for you, but you're just like us. The working man that keeps the city running, Patrick. That's exactly what we're doing. Or woman. That too. Keeps the city afloat. GVP, Garrett uh, in the other room. Keeping us afloat as our outstanding uh, mm-hmm. producer and board op this morning. Calgary Flames back in the win column last night mm-hmm. with a 3-2 victory over the Seattle Kraken. Big win for them. Puts them in third spot in the Pacific Division. The Seattle Kraken do have games in hand, but we're dealing with uh, right here, right now. And that was a big win for Daryl Sutter's group. Finishing off a pair of back-to-backs ahead of uh, a game to finish out 2022 Saturday night as they welcome in their Pacific Division rivals from Vancouver. And uh, literally the only guy that that I get to talk to Flames Hockey about, um, he can't avoid me as much as he'd like to try and would like to avoid these conversations. Uh, it's time to chat with our Flames insider. It is Peter Labardius. He's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit the Gemini Group.ca. Uh, good morning, Lou. How are you, sir? Good morning. Why so self-deprecating at this hour? It's It just kind of goes with the territory, I think. He hates being up this early. It's a new thing for me. Well... Who can blame him? <laughs> I don't like being up this early. That's fair. I think you guys were just going to work about the same time I was falling asleep. So. Yeah, fair enough. You know, uh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, happy holidays, pal. How have you been the last couple of days? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. I've been good. Happy holidays to you guys. Uh, big w- Kind of a whirlwind. Yes. Yes. No kidding. Uh, a whirlwind for Daryl Sutter's group, too. Uh the three-day Christmas break, followed by back-to-back Edmonton, and then, of course, Seattle last night, and a 3-2 win for uh, Daryl Sutter's crew. Jonathan Huberto, his first third-period goal of the season, stands as the game winner. What did you uh, take away from last night's victory, Lou? Well, I wondered how you know the game was going to go and would there be any carryover, either positive or negative, from what I thought was one of their most, if not their most complete performances in terms of how they want to play the game versus Edmonton. Didn't mind the first at all. Thought Seattle might be a little bit rusty because they actually had a Christmas break. They had not played a game since December the 22nd. So first period, especially early, like the Flames, second period, back half of the first. When Daryl Sutter has to call a timeout, 
a minute and a half into the second, you know, there's things that he isn't seeing. And, well, he sees everything, but he sure didn't like what he was seeing. So that seemed to have a little bit of an impact down 2-1. The big moment, fellas, is the power play goal because the Kadri power play goal, great interior look from the top of the circle by Elias Lindholm and the redirection in a, a fabulous third period. That's That was a team last night in the third period that said – we uh, have not been at our, at our best, but they went out and they were at their best in the third and, and very deserving of ending up on the right side of the equation. Still big, you think, for a guy like Jonathan Huberto to get a, a game winner like that, even though it's, you know, 30-some games into the season, Lou? Yes, absolutely. 30 games, 37, whatever it is now, 38 games in, yeah, it does matter because when you're an incredibly proud guy and the heat has been on here almost since day number one for Jonathan Huberto and the expectations have been incredibly high and none more so on himself, you want to contribute and, and you want to do it. You know, one of the reasons that, you know, I became a big fan of Jonathan Huberto, which goes back to his days in junior is because when games were on the line, even way back then, he was a guy that always seemed to get it done when it mattered the most. And it does matter. It always matters. And it's his certainly biggest, most important, however you want to call it, goal as a member of the Calgary Flames. And and I thought he was even better in the game against Edmonton. I thought that might have been one of his more complete games. There was some things about his game last night that I didn't love away from the puck. But that's that's a massive moment for him. And I, and I think it will serve him and the team very well. Lou, how do you feel about the chemistry with this group right now, especially with the new names, uh, with Kadri, with 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 Huberto, and and fitting into these top units that they're on? Like, how is the chemistry working with the with the top groups right now? I think Patrick, it's still, you know, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But right at this very second, if you're asking me about, you know, line combinations and how people are playing. Uh, I think for the most part, you know, going back to the trip that occurred prior to the one last night, I think I think they're in a pretty good place as a team. You know, I last night I liked all the groups. I by and large liked the D pairings. I loved the whole team mm-hmm. against Edmonton the night before outside of the you know, end result. So, no, I, I think I think right now I see, you know, as much stability as I've seen all season long in in that regard. And you know, chemistry is a funny word, right, fellas? You you, you can determine it, you can look at it a lot of different ways. I do think, and in fact, I know that you know when you add new people. And I think when you add new people that are 
you know, significant pieces, I think it's always going to take a while. And more from a chemistry standpoint, because guys on this team over the years, and it hasn't certainly translated into some of the results they would like, but, you know, when you hear that they all really, really liked one another, they meant it. So that's different. And especially, you know, for, for new people coming in, I don't think it was as seamless as what we saw with Markstrom and Tanev, not even close. Mm-hmm. But the situations were different too. And, you know, Logan knows this. He's heard this a million times. You know, in the, in the case of Markstrom and Tanev, just as a comparison, they left, you know, on their own terms for the most part. They got to make a decision. Obviously, they would have been disappointed and hurt that, you know, Vancouver couldn't find a way to keep them. Mm-hmm. But they still played more of a role in regards to determining where they wanted to go. You know, when you're talking about Uyghur and Huberto, no, 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 no. That wasn't the case. You know, and, and for Kadri, Kadri's a Kadri is a unique individual. You know, I've I've known him for a long time. Um, you know, I haven't spent a ton of time with him since since his days in junior and I didn't spend a ton, but I was around. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a bit of a free spirited guy. You know, he plays his tail off. He's matured a lot. So it's, I guess the more I evaluate it, Patrick probably shouldn't have really been surprised that it would take yeah. more time than maybe it has with others. Uh, another player who who's maybe not getting the scoring like he did last year, and we we talked about him on Tuesday. I had the had the had the penalty that cost them, uh, but you were really impressed by his game last night. You named him the player with heart. I loved his game. Six shots led the team. Andrew Mangiapane. How how big was his game last night uh, compared to what it was on Tuesday with the with that result? Well, to be frank, as you know, because we talked about it yesterday, Patrick. I really liked the majority of his game the night before, yeah. too. Had four shots on goal in that game, was around it. You know, that, that line certainly has done a lot of good things since they've been back. He had an assist in that game because he was part of the backland goal and, and drew a helper on that one. I loved his game last night. That was everything about Andrew Mangiapane that I really like. And... I think there's been a lot of transition this year for him. He scored 35 goals. And remember, the one caveat I would add is I think one of the biggest turning points in Andrew Mangiapane's career did not come as a Calgary Flame. It came as a member of Team Canada at the World Championships. You know, you remember last year, then he carries on. He's feeling great about himself, gets off to an amazing start. There's... Team Canada Olympic talk that, you know, he might be a part of that before it was all shut down and and didn't occur for the NHLers. Scored 35, um, you know, signed a big ticket, 
in the off season. There was, there's been a lot for him. And then like others, not the kind of start offensively that he wants. But I will repeat this again and again, and I will no matter how many goals he scores. Andrew Mangiapane scored 35 last year, and he is a terrific player. He's not a 35-goal scorer. And I hope you guys know what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. He is successful, and he is an excellent player because of his fabulous tenacity and work and has offensive skill to go with it. Goals are always going to require his work rate to be really, really high. And last night, I, I think it was his best game of the year. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, and I know, yeah, go ahead. No, no I was just saying, I, was, I would totally agree with you there because I, I was really intrigued to watch how he reacted from, from the Tuesday game. And that was the best part, too. Mm-hmm. That says a lot because he was wearing that pretty hard. And I'm sure when he looked at the video, thought, yeah, that one's definitely on me. And unfortunately, it resulted in the game winning goal, but fantastic performance. And he is going to break out on the other side of the ledger very soon if what I've been seeing this week is an indicator. Uh, another guy who had a, a really good game last night, uh, over 25 minutes of ice time, two points, uh, up to 26 on the year. That's Rasmus Anderson. Do you think he's on the precipice of maybe hitting another level when it comes to uh, an elite defenseman uh, for this group? Yes. Yeah, I do. Uh, he is playing marvelous hockey. He is assertive, aggressive, uh, making great decisions in all situations, five-on-five, penalty kill, power play, you know, where he's chipping in a few of his points for sure, Mm -hmm. including, including one last night. He has reached another level for me. I think there's still a ways to go. He's just 26 years old. I've never seen him play better hockey ever at any level, including, you know, going back to his days in Barry with the Colts in the OHL. He is, uh, he's playing like a number one defenseman right now. And in those types of guys are hard to find, oh, yeah. hard to come around, but the minutes are up. Um, penalty kill has had something to do with that. It's probably a little higher than, Daryl and Ryan Huska would like it to be. And that pairing, Patty, they're at the highest level maybe uh, I have seen them. So, including last night, both guys pick up an assist. They're both plus one. In their last now six games, they are a combined plus 22. Wow. No, that's an elite pair right there. They're playing that way right now. 
Uh, we're chatting with our Flames insider, Peter Labardius, here uh, on the big show in the morning. Logan Gordon and Patrick Dumas filling in for uh, for Maddie and George. Uh, away from the Flames, Lou, they're uh, off for a couple of days, and they'll be back at it Saturday to kick to uh, end off 2022 against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Canada and Germany yesterday at the World Junior Hockey Championships. Uh, you've seen enough of these games, Lou, over the years. I'm curious from your perspective, is there anything that that Canada can take from a result that's that lopsided? There is for me. Even go back and watch the first period of that game. I still don't like this team's level when they don't have the puck. And I know that might sound really strange to you guys in light of what happened in that game. What was there? Seven power play goals? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the most incredible individual performances that you will see in regards to what Connor Bedard did last night. And he just continues to get better and better and better. But I don't think this team has played hard enough and as together enough when they don't have the puck. And it's still very much concerns me you know when this tournament kicks up a notch as it will Saturday against Sweden they're a terrific offensive team they're deep um, you know they have a superstar they have great complimentary pieces Dennis Williams switched things up a little bit last night still haven't loved this group five on five even on the offensive front and there's work to be done without the puck. And I know I'm sounding like a hard marker, but I am. Because I know what's going to happen when it matters the most. And you saw evidence of it in game one against Czechia. Czechia is probably the best defensive team in the tournament, fellas. They're a hard out. They're big. They're strong. They compete. They've got 15, 16 guys back from the summer. Sakanic, the goalie, is arguably as good as anyone in the position at this event. It's a, it's a nice little stepping stone. Lots of guys will feel better about themselves. But this tournament, each and every year, comes down to play here, play there, save here, non-save there, and I, I still haven't seen enough in goal either. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, tough to maybe evaluate again or add on to that given your opponent tonight. Oh, no and, evaluation. None. Yeah. Zero. That's a terrible team. Sorry. No, it's fair. Just, it, just, it just goes that way. Uh, this this tournament, you know, which has featured some big upsets and, you know, Sweden beats Germany one nothing the day before. You know, generally people aren't that interested in the round-robin games. This has been an unbelievable round-robin, especially not in Canada's pool necessarily, but in the other pool mm -hmm. where it's been unbelievably competitive. 
Um, no, there's not going to be a lot to be taken away from tonight. I don't like games like tonight because you will go into your biggest game against Sweden where you will need to be at your best, even though I do think Canada is the most talented team from top to bottom in this event. Nothing but bad habits generally come out of games like this. And I don't like it for this team because it's going to be another night where they're going to have the puck the whole time. But those things will get sorted out because, you know, after tonight, then this thing starts in earnest. Yeah, 100%. And you're right. It's going to be tough because I would assume after tonight you'll be talking about more records and more of you know things that have never been accomplished before and those are those are great yeah. and those are those are big things but those don't win you uh the final game of this tournament very often Lou you have to be able to defend you have to be able to to get a big time save at a key moment and you just won't you won't have any of those examples or anything to draw off in the last 120 minutes of hockey if you're Canada when it comes to getting ready for Saturday against Sweden I always like the tournaments better when Canada is in the tougher pool. Now, this this year is odd when I say that because, and Logan, you know this, I said Czechia was going to be a team to keep your eye on going in. They were I underrated from the beginning, going back yeah. to the summer. At 100%. 100%. And they've and they've shown it so far. Although don't miss that one today if you're interested in the World Junior. Yes, sir. 11:30 our time. It's Czechia and Sweden in a massive game in Canada's group. So, yes, that's there, there's absolutely you know, no question about all of it. And you have to be able to check elite level people when it when it matters the most and all the things that you talked about. Guys, you know, I I, I could I could fill up two morning shows with memories <laughs> and and details of world juniors going all the way back to nineteen eighty two. And the one thing outside of a year here or a year there that never changes is somewhere along the line, this tournament comes down to the absolute most minute of errors. Uh, by the way, this summer was decided by about a centimeter. Yep. In this final. Um, there has been nothing but great finals in this tournament going all the way back to 2010 in Saskatoon. There is very, very little room for error come especially the Final Four. And it's going to be that way for sure this time. Uh, before we let you go here, Lou, what's the what's the day look like for you? you got two days before the Flames and Vancouver on Saturday. Are you uh, on the laptop watching World Juniors today, or are you uh, going to head to uh, one of the games on the Circle K uh, classic. What's your guess? I'm going to guess you're going to be in a rink today. Yeah, you're, 
<laughs> you know, you know, you know what, guys? Um, there's too much going on that I love right now. Yes, much. I got too much going on. Really? Um, yeah, I, I've, I'm going to go out to the Circle K Classic. I've been there the first two days. I'll spend some time there. Uh, I might be like the uh, like the newer generation today might have to turn my phone on beside me and keep an eye on the other event. Um, today would actually be a day, Logan, and I can't do it because I got to get a piece of all of it. There's only one game today at the World Junior I'm really not very interested in, mm-hmm. and you know which one it is. I do. Canada's game. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but the other three, starting with the 9 a.m. tilt, yep. um, Latvia and Slovakia, they're all going to be unique and interesting. So, yes, I will spend some time at the rink today, which I do every day. And for for everybody looking for, you know, something to do today, if you would like to watch some excellent hockey played by some terrific young people and some that you're going to see probably at your favorite level down the road. There are some special players in this year's Circle K Classic. Um, Some of the Calgary teams, Buffaloes, Flames, off to a great start. They're both 2-0, and uh, that tournament's going to be a boatload of fun too when it gets down to the final eight. Lou, enjoy your uh, your day, pal. We'll uh, we'll chat with you soon and uh, have a, a great afternoon at the rink, pal. Thank you, Lou. Well, you guys got you guys got me up early. I'm fired up now. It's time to uh, go until I crash at about uh, <laughs> six thirty tonight. Okay, see, guys, have see, a great one. See you, see you pal. Uh, Peter Labardius, uh, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, here on Sportsnet nine sixty, uh, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He is brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Week 17 action kicks off in the NFL with the Cowboys and the Titans. We'll talk uh, all things NFL with Ross Tucker next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Big Show rolls on in this Thursday morning. Logan Gordon, Patrick Dumas along with you, filling in for Maddie and George. Week 17 of NFL action kicks off tonight with Thursday Night Football from Tennessee. It's the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. And very happy this morning to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to welcome in former NFL player, now uh, NFL analyst, host of the Ross Tucker podcast, my front page, even money body betting podcast, one of the busiest men in sports media now. Uh, it's Ross Tucker joining us this morning. Uh, Ross, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm awesome, but I feel like I'd be better if I was at that sports bar. Who's who sponsors the hotline? <laughs> we got Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, man. They are a, a Calgary staple here for, for some good pizza on game day. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar? Yes, sir. 
Wow, they're like combining all my best interests, all my favorite <laughs> things. All right, so so what what are the beers that everybody so when they go there before a Flames game or maybe they go there to watch NFL or whatever, what would you say is the most commonly drank beer that people have in oh. front of them? Now, if you're going like a generic every man's beer, it's probably what, what did you say, Patrick? A Budweiser? Like a Canadian. Canadian. Bud, yeah, something like uh, that. Now, we have a big brewery oh, in... Hold on, hold on a second. Yeah. What's a Canadian? Molson Canadian. Molson Canadian. It's like a generic uh, okay, lager. So you guys, up there, you guys call Molson Canadian. That's amazing. Okay. Yes. I didn't you know, know that. Molson, like, they have a beer, and one of their, their main staples of beer is called Canadian. And that's just, like, what they did. We, have, I mean, there's Molson, Molson Extra out in, in Quebec. For, yeah. No, no, I that, know. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the normal one everybody drinks is Molson Canadian. That's the most yeah. common like one, yeah. yeah. In the States, we would call those Molsons. Yeah. You guys call them Canadians. Good yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. yeah. Or we got a big local brewery here. A lot of craft. Wild yeah. Rose, yeah. big craft beer scene out here probably. If it wasn't that, you'd probably be drinking a Wild Rose at Atlas and getting set for your Sunday slate of games. Uh, that sounds amazing. A wild rose and Atlas. What, what's like the typical pizza people get? Is it same as down here? Like a bunch of pepperoni or what? what That's my go-to. Yeah, I think, go-to. It, I think it's, I think it, it generally stays the same. Every time I've been to the States and grabbed pizza. Now we don't. There's a Canadian you, pizza too, Ross. Yeah. You have to go to like different <laughs> spots if you want to get deep dish or New York style, which is never the same up here. But yeah, I think for the most part, flavors stay the same across the border. Hold on a second. Did you say there's a Canadian pizza? Yeah, there is. There's a Canadian-style pizza. It's got uh, the Canadian bacon on it. I believe it's got uh, ground beef. Uh, yeah, it's like a meat lover. It's just a meat lover's, but they call it Canadian. I think Canadian, there's mushrooms yeah. on it as well. Yeah, no, I'm out. I'm out on that. <laughs> okay. What's the go-to for you, Ross? Uh, I'm a big uh, I'm a big pepperoni guy, although I do like, um, I do like ham on my pizza. But it's got to be like good ham. Yeah, I feel like there's a wide variation of like Canadian bacon. For for example, okay, the greatest sandwich in the history of civilization is the sausage McMuffin with egg at McDonald's. Okay, that's the greatest sandwich that's ever been created, and yet there are human beings. I call them morons or losers. <laughs> That choose to get the uh, the sandwich at McDonald's that has like that uh, hockey puck rubber oh, uh, yeah. plastic Canadian bacon on it. I think my wife gets that sometimes, and I like we get into arguments about it. Like I think it's just a regular egg McMuffin. Yeah. So like anybody driving right now, when you're going to McDonald's the next time. I, I want to know what's going through your skull if you order an egg McMuffin as opposed to a sausage McMuffin with egg. The the sausage on the sausage McMuffin with egg is absolutely delicious and is the keystone of the greatest sandwich of all time. The Canadian bacon, like that thin, terrible, chewy, awful whatever on egg McMuffin is disgusting. And anybody that orders that is wrong and should feel bad about themselves.
I, you know what? I can't disagree with a, thing, a single thing that you just said, Ross. I, uh, I feel like we should end it there because that's that's honestly all we need. That's what everybody needed to hear today heading on their uh, on their way to work. Now, you did tweet out something that I have to mention with you moments before joining the show, and you're feeling a little bit old because you've transitioned from milk chocolate to dark chocolate, and you feel as though that's a sign of your uh, aging process, hey? I think it just happened, like overnight. Um, <laughs> my favorite food in the world is chocolate-covered pretzels. And yeah. my mother-in-law always gets me these chocolate-covered pretzels, and half of them are milk chocolate, you know, like browner milk chocolate. Yeah. And half of them are, like, the black dark chocolate. And I was eating them, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I like dark chocolate more. I, and I know dark chocolate's like healthier for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care about that part of it. I legitimately like the taste of the dark chocolate ones more, which I think like if you Google it, I think that's how you know you're old. Like the day that you like dark chocolate more than milk chocolate is how you know you're, you're, on, the, you're on the wrong side of life. You're, you're on the downhill. That's that's the mark. I'm gonna write that one down, and I'll know that's the day that it all changed for me. And I know now that uh, December 29th, 2022, is when it's official for Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker, guys, has officially gotten old today as he uh, as transitioned from milk to dark chocolate. Good luck in the uh, the second half of your life, Ross. I'm sure you'll be eating lots of other uh, easy to eat foods as you get older and. Stuff that's Softer. less hard to chew, all that sort you know of stuff. What? Maybe, maybe even though I'm over the hill now, maybe I'll I'll last longer than dark <laughs> chocolate. I don't even know why dark chocolate's healthier than milk chocolate, but it is, right? Like that's, it, that's yeah, that's the that. that's the rumor. Not that any one of us could prove it, but yeah, that's what someone said. Because it's rich in minerals as, such as iron, magnesium, yeah, and prove zinc. that. Prove that to me. You can't prove that to me. Wait, that's what Google. I googled it. Dark that's, chocolate is rich serious? in minerals. It's rich in minerals. Yes. Chocolate? That's probably why yeah, it's got chocolate. a more gritty, yeah. grittier flavor. Yeah, chocolate. As rich in minerals as chocolate can be, Ross. Yeah, that sounds made up to me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, what we've got to you, Ross, uh, should talk to you a bit about football. Um, is, is Derek Carr over the hill because of old age, or is Derek Carr... Just done with being a, a Las Vegas Raider. What did you make of that situation over the last 24 hours? Well, he's definitely done with being a Las Vegas Raider. I mean, that much uh, we know for sure. And um, I don't think he's done playing football. He hasn't had a good year. But part of me wonders who's all to blame for that, right? Like, how much of that is really Derek's fault? And how much of that's the coaching? I think it's uh, I think it's an absolutely very fair question to have. I think it's a really bad look for the Raiders. I mean, you know, they had all that drama last year. Do you remember the Gruden emails? And Gruden had to resign, mm-hmm. so they made Bisaccia the interim coach, and they go on to win a lot of football games and make the playoffs. And they actually gave the, um, you know, they gave the Bengals a heck of a game in the playoffs. 
And yet that wasn't good enough for their owner, Mark Davis, right? No, not good enough. He had to fire a guy like Rich Passaccia, who had a very limited sample size, admittedly, but his admittedly limited sample size was a good one. I mean, they were good. And so, he, but that's not good enough for him. So he brings in instead Josh McDaniels, whose only sample size, by the way, with the Denver Broncos was horrible, if you remember. And things have not gone real well. I mean, you bring in this guy, and first movie makes is to bring in the wide receiver who is best friends with the quarterback. Okay, let's bring him in, pay him a lot of money. Now you're going to bench that quarterback? You think that's going to go over well with the star receiver you just paid a ton of money to? I mean, Mm -hmm. and by the way, is there anybody out there that thinks the Raiders' record would be worse this year if Bisacci was the head coach? Because I certainly don't. No, it's it's one of those things, and we were talking about it earlier, and I was kind of in the same camp as you. I don't know how much you can put on Derek Carr when – Every first-round pick, and I'm not even trying to be an ass about it, Ross, but I mean, literally every first-round pick has either been cut or is in jail right now over the last five years, and they consistently miss on big-time draft picks. Derek Carr has is, is kind of been the consistent in all of it with Josh Jacobs, and now he gets Devontae Adams. I, just, I have a hard time like you putting much or any of this on, on Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, look, he hasn't played great this year, and that's a fact. But I don't know anyone that doesn't think he was a top 12, top 10 quarterback last year. So if he hasn't played well this year, who's that a reflection of? I mean, on some level, it's a reflection on him, but it's not a great look for the new coach either. You, could you see him being a starting quarterback somewhere next year, Ross? Oh, I can guarantee you he will be. Guarantee he will be. And I'll be very curious to see where he gets traded to and what the compensation is. But absolutely, whether it's like the Colts or the Jets or maybe it's the Panthers, no doubt in my mind Derek Carr is a starting quarterback next year and probably a pretty good one. Ross, uh, Week 17 obviously gets underway tonight in uh, Nashville with the Titans and the Cowboys. This game does not mean a thing for Tennessee as uh, they'll be playing for the title of the AFC South crown no matter what next week against Jacksonville. Uh, Obviously, Derrick Henry's probably not going to go tonight. They don't have Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Dallas, big favorites in this one. I saw the line now down to 11.5. Uh, Probably no Tony Pollard for them. But uh, how big is this for the the Cowboys just not to just lay an egg – I know they, they, they still have an outside chance at the NFC East, but how much is this just to keep going and just get to next week? Well, obviously they want to win because mm-hmm. they want to keep the pressure on the Eagles. Of course, yeah. In terms of winning the division. And I think they also want to make sure that they're the five seed. Yeah. That, you know, there's no messing around there. So that their first playoff game, at worst, is against the NFC South champ. Mm-hmm so that the Cowboys can kind of uh, finally win a playoff game, (laughs) um, which I'm sure they would like to do. But other than that, um, it kind of gives them an advantage for next week. Although what's interesting is, like, if the Eagles win, 
and on Sunday against the Saints, then the Cowboys might not play their guys yeah. next week against the the Commanders in a, in a must win and in game for the Commanders. And then even if the Eagles lose on Sunday, there's a decent chance that the Giants beat the Colts. And if that's the case, then the Giants are kind of locked into their playoff position. Mm-hmm. For that week 18, I mean, there, there's so many different myriad of scenarios going on right now. It's fascinating. Uh, another team uh, <clears throat> that's had a complete 180 on their season uh, over the last month here is the Green Bay Packers. They get ready for a massive tilt with the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Uh, Packers need to win out still and hope the Washington or Giants or somebody slips up in front of them. But just to just talk about how... How good, how impressed you've been from this Packers group from where they were at the end of November and that Titans game uh, to where they are now. Matt LaFleur, 15-0 and 0 in December. And also, just on the Vikings, 12-3 uh, uh, now. Kirk Cousins, uh, fourth quarter quarterback. If they, if they just wanted MVPs on that, he'd be definitely the front runner on that. But just talk about this game, uh, Vikings-Packers, massive tilt there at Lambeau on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. So before I forget, Give me the breakdown of, of Calgary NFL fans. Like, what's the largest percentage of – is it Broncos? Is it Packers? Is there's, it Vikings? There's, there's a, a lot of show. Broncos. A lot of Broncos, a lot of Cowboys. I'm a Packers fan personally, but, you know, there's a lot of Vikings and Packers fans. You get more central, closer to, like, Manitoba, uh, a lot more close to the Wisconsin area. But, yeah, out here I would definitely say probably Broncos, Seahawks. I'd say Seahawks. probably Broncos, Seahawks is the most, Ross, but I yeah, think Niners. you could probably find – a little pocket yeah. of almost every team here. Calgary loves the NFL. No, oh, yeah, big here. That's interesting. Why do you think that is? Because everybody loves the NFL, or is there something specific? I think it's a, a general process, and I think when you're, like, for for me at least, when you were coming up, like, growing up watching NFL football, when you didn't have any town attachment, when you weren't attached to a hometown team, you sort of found different things. Like, I grew up, when I was first watching the NFL, it was, Watching LT scoring touchdowns in those sweet powder blues as a Chargers fan—that's and that's what led to me watching as many Chargers games as I have over the years. So I think a lot of it's just not having hometown attachment and finding something different to to find to your team to cheer for. Wow, Ladanian and I were rookies the same year, so that makes me feel super old. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, uh, grew up watching LT. I thought you were talking about Lawrence Taylor. That's the <laughs> LT I grew up watching. The other LT. Unbelievable. The other LT. Um, no, you know what? It's funny because everybody's starting to like act like they think the Packers are making the playoffs. I think it's a real uphill battle for them still. I mean, you know, not only do they have to beat the Vikings and the Lions back-to-back, which won't be easy, then you need other things to happen like the Commanders losing to the Browns more than like, because I don't think the Cowboys are going to have to play their guys the last week. So still an uphill battle. It feels like, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice that the Packers are finishing this way. And I think it makes everybody, including Aaron Rodgers, feel better about next year, but it's still, I think going to end up being too little too late. Uh, Ross wanted to ask you about uh, J.J. Watt calling it a career, announcing that he's going to play his last two games here and then call it a a career. One of those guys that has been a a dominant player at his position for years and as a guy I know that, you know, for you that's dealt with injuries over your NFL career, I'm sure you can sympathize with a guy like J.J. that, you know, you sit there and you wonder what could have been if he was healthy for 
for longer periods of time. He's already, I think, destined for for the NFL Hall of Fame, and, and that makes a lot of sense, but it'll be sad to see J.J. go. What do you think about when you look back at J.J. Watt's career? Well, I think he's one of the best defensive players we've ever seen, and um, it's a crazy story that he went to Central Michigan as a tight end and then eventually transferred to Wisconsin and had to walk on. It's pretty remarkable what he was able to do there, really remarkable, Um, And then I think the last one is probably the injury part of it. You know, I'm glad he's getting out now while the getting out is still pretty good because, man, he's had a lot of injuries and a lot of surgeries. I think a couple to his back. And, you know, I, I personally think that he, you know, you have a situation like this where, you know, you have a child. I think that changed him. I really do. I think he. I think he has that son and is like, you know what? I made like $140 million and I want to be healthy for this guy and able to do stuff with him, which I think is very, very smart. Very smart. I mentioned it coming in before we let you go, Ross. Uh, You're one of the busiest guys in sports media. You've got your podcast. uh, You've got the myfrontpagestory.com stuff going on. What's going on in your life? What's... uh, you have a game coming up this weekend. What do they got you uh, covering uh, in Week 17? You know, I actually don't. It's one of, I think, oh. two weekends. Two weekends starting August 6th, maybe, that I don't have a game. Now, I'll still do the Eagles pregame show Okay. on Sunday um, for the Philadelphia Radio, WIP Radio in Philadelphia. But I don't have to broadcast the games. It's been nice to catch up on other stuff this week. And, yes, even though the holidays are behind us, it's never too early for the great people of Calgary to be checking out MyFrontPageStory.com because Valentine's Day will be here before you know it. A lot of January birthdays. If you're not familiar with it, just go check it out. It's the coolest gift I've ever seen anyone gives someone it's awesome you have a whole story written about a loved one it's myfrontpagestory.com check it out and then check out whatever i'm eating and drinking this weekend <laughs> although it won't be um it won't be a canadian i can tell you that much uh, we wouldn't blame you on that one nfl twitter and instagram <laughs> <laughs> ross uh yeah thanks ross won't be it won't be a canadian and uh probably won't be any milk chocolate as he's uh, past that stage in his life now and uh, has moved on to the much older and much more mature uh, dark chocolate. Ross, thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. As always, Happy New Year to you and your family. We'll chat with you again soon, eh? Likewise. See you, eh? Take care. There you go. Ross Tucker, former NFL player, joining us. He's at the Ross Tucker Podcast, working for the Philadelphia Eagles pregame. <laughs> CBS Sports, a rare off weekend for him, uh, doing color on games and good. He'll spend some time with some uh, some family and friends around mm-hmm. the holidays and uh, get back to it. You can find him on Twitter at Russ Tucker NFL. And uh, yeah, lots to get to around the NFL. Do my Thursday night football tonight, but uh, Broncos firing their coach, yep. Raiders benching Derek Carr, uh, what's happening with the playoff picture, all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. here. Um, there's lots going on, and it's only going to continue the next two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun uh, finish to the season. Uh, I still, you know, with the NFL, I don't think there's a team that's really set themselves up like they're the best. Like, I think Philadelphia yeah, is there, but I don't know. On any given day, I know there's the any given Sunday line guy, you know that, but, like, uh, it just feels like 
this year something's crazy going to happen. And there's going to be a weird chance. Yeah, and with Hurts not being 100% right now, can you definitively say they're the best team? I don't know. It's uh, it's a tough one. But looking forward to tonight, Cowboys and Titans, 6-15 kickoff from Tennessee. Enjoy that game. There's no Flames hockey until Saturday. Uh, we're wrapping up the show here on this Thursday morning. Thank you to our long list of guests, Ross Tucker, Peter Labardius, Frank Saravelli. Uh, you can find uh, our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, etc. Or you can head to the website at sportsnet.ca slash 960. Still to come later today, we've got uh, Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg mm-hmm. a little bit later. You're going to want to catch that because, of course, breaking down the Flames and the Seattle Kraken from last night. Big win for the Calgary Flames. That's uh, coming up later. And Hitman. Hitman Hockey. Yes, the Hitman with a big win last night. Finding some offense. You're going to want to catch that. Uh, so we've got Sportsnet today with Ryan Pike coming up at 2 o'clock. Wes Gilbertson will join him and then stick around for Flames Talk tonight. Hockey PDO cast at 6 with Dmitry Filipovich. And then the Hitman in Red Deer to take on the Rebels. Brad Curl on the call right here on Sportsnet 960. We will be back tomorrow for a Friday show at 7 o'clock. Keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.